Good evening, folks, and welcome. Again, you're listening to Beyond the Official Narrative. I'm your host, Richard Carey. We are in hour two of the broadcast here on this Monday. And again, that is the 4th of December, 2023. I have my regular Monday co-host graciously here at this hour, live from the UK, uh, my good uh, radio brother, Paul Edward Stevenson. And of course, Paul is on RBN Saturdays. That's 10 a.m. Central. Check him out. That's Last Man Standing with Paul Edward Stevenson. And of course, if you're in his neck of the woods, GMT, that would be 4 p.m. But yes, so we have our debut uh, show here in the new time slot and new schedule format for the weekdays here at RBN. And uh, I had some other uh, topics uh, to possibly address, you know, interesting articles, but look forward to callers. I, I, and I should mention, I know we have some uh, stream issues uh, with uh, the broadcast and the host prior to me uh, today. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how many people, have, but they can catch in the archive if they miss. And, uh, you know, look forward to which callers. And we'd have one in the queue. But, Paul, is there anything else you'd like to add as we start uh, the first hour before we go to our caller? Uh, no, just uh, wherever you want to take it, Richard. Well, yes, no, I won't keep the gentleman waiting. Uh, we have a, yeah, this gentleman has uh, off and on for uh, many years been a, a broadcaster uh, on RBN, uh, not just listener, Lark in Texas. Uh, Lark, I'm not sure if Paul uh, is acquainted with you, but uh, yeah, good to have you here, sir. Uh, yeah, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, thank you. Uh, first of all, I, w- I want to say that I enjoy the discussion. Uh, uh, love to hear both of you, and especially I like this new time slot for you, Richard, with the two hours instead of the one. It's uh, been long overdue. Uh, and uh, I'm still trying to acclimate myself to listening more to your show, uh, Paul, on Saturday. Uh, but uh, And I'll explain perhaps why I have it as yet, although I want to. So I guess the reason I called is because I want to sound a precautionary note. Uh, I'm almost 70, and uh, I've been around just a little bit. But uh, one thing that I can tell you is that uh, I've had the benefit of having a longtime correspondent uh, whose parents were both in military intelligence as he was growing up. And uh, he has uh, lots of family members in uh, military intelligence. And so this gentleman, who would be in his early 60s, uh, he, he, had a, he had an upbringing that was quite different from the average person out there, myself included. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, we made contact years ago uh, when I first uh, started on the network. And as I was exploring, uh, actually before that, when I was exploring... Uh, Nikki Rapana's work, the late Nikki Rapana from her website, uh, simply search living outside the dialectic. But uh, I, uh, 
he, one of his cousins was uh, Lieutenant Commander Philip McCutcheon Armstrong, who was on the deck of the USS Liberty on June 8, 1967, and of course was cut down on that deck, got a Medal of Honor. Uh, another one is still active duty, another cousin of his. But be that as it may, I learned a lot of things about people, for example, like uh, the people who founded Red Ice Radio. I also, at one time, was invited onto Renegade Radio. Y'all might remember a gentleman by the name of Nick Spiro on Red Ice. Or Renegade, rather. Renegade, forgive me, you're right, on Renegade. Yeah, I did two interviews with uh, Nick and y'all might want to check that out sometime. Just do a search, uh, Nick Spiro, S-P-E-R-O, and then uh, my family nicknamed Lark, L-A-R-K. But the reason uh, I called was because I want you to know that I'm putting together something now that I have called fake war. Fake war is, uh, I style it as one word. And I'm doing my, my research on... Uh, using search engines like Yandex, for example, to see what I can pull up and what I can find out. Because early on, this same gentleman uh, was directing me to researchers who were suggesting that this uh, war in uh, Israel, uh, just like this war in Ukraine, was tied together to uh, these... uh, some of you euphemistically called them the globalist, but uh, uh, these people are all in on it. Uh, the so-called Duganist and uh, uh, Evgeny uh, uh, Surkov, or, or I think that's his name, Surkov, who's uh, called Putin's brain. These people are are engineering. Uh, Essentially, a fake war. It's a staged war. It's it's kabuki theater, and so I'm I'm only suggesting that y'all just follow my lead, and uh, you know follow your own nose and your own good judgment, and uh, see what you can conclude. Again, the the search engine results are pretty interesting. Fake war. One word. And then finally, I'll just conclude with this. Uh, we have to ask ourselves, what stories are we missing as we work towards this cross-pollination uh, effort, uh, Richard, on RBN, because I really like RBN, the host, and the callers in, as I have for many years. Uh, we have to continue, continually ask ourselves, which stories are we ignoring? I, I can tell you so many th- stories, of that backstories, that perhaps... Most people on the network are unfamiliar with, but I would only offer them, again, as I indicated from the outset of my call, I want to sound a precautionary note. And so what I can say is that uh, recently William Rapillum brought up this idea of inclusive capitalism. I was so thrilled. First time anyone on the network, to my knowledge, has even brought the topic up. And then uh, here's another one. Perhaps you all have heard of these mnemonic devices, these memory devices, these acronyms. There are many today 
but one is called uh, ESG. Uh, that would be environmental, social, and governance. Uh, there's something you can look up right now. It's called Updates on UESG Technocracy at tooltide.wordpress.com. T-H-U-L-E, Tide, T-I-D-E, .wordpress.com. Again, the article is from June. Updates on ESG Technocracy. Again, updates is, or excuse me, ESG is environmental, social, and governance. And I've also sounded the alarm in the past, and I want to just leave it with you all once again. You don't have to ruminate or comment at this time, but uh, look up a gentleman by the name of Sir Ronald Cohen. Sir Ronald Cohen. He is the man who invented the so-called social impact bond. And you might have heard of social impact investors. This is one of these deceptive terms of art that we we would all be well uh, uh, advised to look at because it tells us exactly what is coming down the pike with this new economic system. Again, Sir Ronald Cohen, Social Impact Investors, and the Social Impact Bond, or SIB. So anyway, you guys should know that I check in everything you do, and I wanted to leave you with those words. Well, well, thank you, but don't leave so quickly, Uh, Lark. uh, Stick around a moment. uh, And, you know, uh, I wanted Paul... Uh, to have a chance to interact with you. I, uh, t- to be fair, I, I have reported uh, slightly on uh, that uh, concept. Uh, I've gone over a lot of stories coming out of the whole uh, World Economic Forum uh, crew, if you will, and yes, the, the inclusive capitalism uh, being stressed by uh, people there and at the U.N., uh, it, it is something I, I've reported on recently as as well, and, and I do see the importance of that, as well as the ESG, environmental, social, and governance. And, and those are such blanket terms, uh, which is the, one of the most deceptive things about it, uh, just like agreeing to these emergency international treaties. But uh, I wanted to give Paul an opportunity to respond and maybe uh, where, see where he would take a line, the line of questioning to you if he were interviewing uh, you after you present all that. Uh, Paul. If you would, please. Yeah, well, you know, I can check them. I, I don't really know what, you know, I, I'd have to check out uh, Ronald Cohen and uh, those concepts because, um, you know, I, I haven't really heard much about them. So I, I can't really comment or, with, you know, with, uh, with any real knowledge of them, really. But um, I don't know. What, what, what is inclusive capitalism? What's, what's that? Well, first of all, if you don't mind, Paul, uh, you're you're an Englishman, yes. Well, I'm, I'm I live in in London, but uh, I'm ethnically more Irish. I have English blood in me too, but I, I'm from Northern Ireland. And uh, I, I suspect you would consider yourself a bit of a traditionalist or a conservative. Is that fair to say? Hey, well, I consider myself a Christian. Yeah, I'm not really a conservative, uh, but because you know, obviously, that's kind of lost its meaning and uh, is. Uh, rather a moving target these days. Let me ask you if you're familiar with these two gentlemen. One is uh, Sir Roger Scruton, who passed away in 2020, 
and a man named James Dellingpool. No. Nope. Yeah, I know heard? James Dellingpool. Yeah, just FYI. He's he still alive, though, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he is, indeed. Uh, if you go on uh, RBN's homepage, republicbroadcasting.org, and just do a search for Lark, or uh, a name Catherine Watt, A-A-T-H, Catherine Watt, W-A-T-T, you're going to be able to hear an interview that James Dellingpole over in England did of uh, Catherine Watt, where she has only very recently discovered uh, the superimposition of communitarian law, which, of course, is EU law, European Union law, is communitarian law. Well, this is the model legal underpinning for global governance today. And most people don't talk about it or even realize it, but it's just a fact. And the and the and uh, it, it's just it's just screaming. It's staring us in the face, and we never talk about these things. But Roger Scruton and James Dellingpole were talking about communitarian communitarianism and communitarian law more than ten, twelve years ago. Roger Scruton since the mid nineties. And a lot of the stuff that's coming down the pike that we see today, someone from my vantage point, I started coming of age in the very early 70s. But see, you have to take this narrative back in time, as we've learned from people like, like Michael Gaddy on this network. I mean, I, take, I, I start from the end of World War II or what happened during World War II, the, the true facts about World War II. Americans today, as you already know, Richard, have no idea. Uh, who, who actually won that war called the American Civil War? Who won those wars of the 20th century? But I take it back to convergence theory. And all the leading actors on the, on the world stage today are quite down with this whole idea of a single global governing system. And it's because we live in a time of instant communication and hyper-connectivity. Hyper there really is no choice. This technology is taking control of our minds and our culture. And I think we have to admit this. But so if we talk about what's happening to our rights, whether it's our right to any claim of privacy or to even property ownership, we have to become familiar with communitarian law because it's the reality today. And unfortunately, if we do not know about it, we're going to make bad choices in our lives. In terms oh, absolutely. of how to, how to navigate this whole uh, minefield, this cultural, economic, political, spiritual uh, milieu is in this life going forward. But as, as you point out, there are a lot of other terms that are being used in its place and to represent its principles currently. And so people need to start learning how to recognize the, the warning signs, the patterns, if you will, uh, more than anything. There were two articles I... Uh, shared with Paul at the end of the last hour, like, like no more than like 16 minutes before I saw you were on the line here at the start of hour two. Uh, one was whistleblower reveals U.S. and military, well, U.S. and U.K. military contractors planning for global censorship. But the other, uh, Rothschild wants merger between corporations, governments, and AI to, quote-unquote, save capitalism. And then, uh, you know, very much uh, starts out going right into discussing the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, 
and and, and covering ESG uh, as well, pointing out, though, how most people aren't even aware of this yet. But it has a, a nice video, and this is Brandon Smith reposted on uh, Blacklisted News, where I where I found it. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, really pressuring the whole community for the greater good to give up uh, as much as possible and using things like the green agenda, uh, the multicultural agenda in European uh, nations, uh, you know, just a, a lot of a lot of these ways uh, people are, are, are coerced, even even the, the gender uh, thing, you know, uh, the gender agenda. And, uh, well, many see transhumanism as becoming a new religion uh, to, to coax people into a one-world religion. Uh, I, I, see, I see one of my listeners jumped on as a, as a, uh, a call here. Uh, Lark, maybe, maybe we could bring him on as well. Um, maybe he'd like to speak with you, though. So if you could stick around here. Let's, and, and maybe, maybe we could just skip the break. We could just kill this break uh, that's coming up, uh, please, Julie. We have Tony in Virginia uh, joining us. Uh, uh, Tony, hey, welcome. Hey, what wh- what would you like to uh, to add after all you've heard from from us all? Tony, uh, can you yes. can you hear me? Are you there? This is ah, he. Am I coming through? Yes, you can are. You hear sir. me? Hey, good, great to hear okay, you. I hate yes. saying, "Can you hear me?" Okay, I guess this is the uh, okay. You hear me? Okay, I'm coming through. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me continue. Okay, first of all, I would just want to say I know Mark wouldn't remember me. But I do remember him very much from the Renegade days. I enjoy his contributions and everything like that. I, I really do. And I, I gleaned a lot of information from him. And I have the utmost respect for him. Uh, uh, similar to uh, Fetzer, right? Uh, I don't agree with Fetzer. Probably, I agree probably more with Mark than Fetzer, okay? As much as I love Fetzer, and, and I think he's a great addition. And I, I, do, I know you're not going to remember me, but it was back then. I do remember the Nick Sparrow, all that. I was a regular caller. I obviously wasn't a host. Uh, I don't remember if you ever hosted, but you were a regular caller, too, and made great contributions. And I think you made great contributions to RBN. But I guess the, the reason I wanted to interact with all you guys is that I, I, my criticism of Mark is similar to my criticism of Fetzer. And it's, I just feel like there's too much focus on the how instead of the who, right? So it, 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 you, let's take AI, for example, if I can elaborate on this. Like, we talk about AI, this or that, and I, and I just want to give an illustration. I can't remember the podcast I was listening to, and he talked about how he'd ask the AI, uh, like, how would you, if you wanted to destroy humanity, how would you do it? And he gave him this whole list of, of answers of, just, of poisoning the water and doing all this shit, and how, like, if AI was set out to destroy hu- humankind, like, how it would do it? And then he asked it, well, well how, could I stop, how could we stop you? And the obvious answer was, you need another AI, right? So it's whose AI? It's who? Like AI, like artificial intelligence, is a means. Okay, communitarianism is a means. Like the, the but at the end of the day, it's all, it's motive. And if any of you gentlemen want to comment, and I have the utmost respect for everyone on this panel, by the way. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Lark, please. Well, let me say I appreciate the commentary, uh, and uh, it's nice to know that uh, somebody remembers me from a few years ago or way back when or just whenever. I mean, I haven't gone away. I'm actually a youngish, uh, 69 years old. I'm not an old man yet, you know. But uh, 
Here's the thing, guys. Uh, I don't like these big words either. I don't like communitarianism, and I don't like these kinds of law I've never heard of. There's a whole lot about this life that I don't know anything about. I mean, we can't be uh, focused on everything that is the right thing, because they're coming at us in every which way imaginable. The way this Hegelian dialectic uh, conflict model works is that they have to uh, always control all sides of a debate, an argument, or what have you. And this is all done by design. And we understand the control that these people have of the big media pathways. Okay, what bothers me is when the alt-media pathways essentially act like Paul parrots. And they simply take their cues from the TV, although they will, they will, they will roundly declare that this is just not so. And then they will provide commentary on it from their particular perspective. And it's like, for example, I don't understand how anybody on this network can actually claim to know what the hell is going on in Israel or Ukraine. I'm sorry, you can bring all your uh, experts on that you want, but the fact of the matter is is that we don't have uh, a front-row seat. So how do we know? It's the same as when we're watching the TV. I mean, I threw that TV away 10 years ago. Uh, you can't believe a thing about it. Not one thing. In fact, I have said for a dozen years now, if anybody gets more than five minutes FaceTime on the TV, I don't care which side of the pond. These people are being maneuvered. They're being used as pawns. You cannot trust them because it's oh. always about context. So I'll, I'll, I'll pass it back to y'all. Okay, and can I... Go ahead. Well, no, let, well, let's hear from Paul. We haven't had uh, him, him uh, get a chance <clears throat> recently. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously uh, challenging to you know, get uh, a full accurate picture of what's happening in the war uh, in Ukraine and also in, in Israel. You know, it's like, you can see this if you're, <laughs> you can, if you listen to, you know, pro-Israel sources and, you know, anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian sources, obviously they present very different um, pictures of who's winning uh, the propaganda war, who's actually winning on the ground, etc. Same in Ukraine. But I think, you know, over time, you know, you can, you know, you, you don't get a full picture, but I think you can, you can get somewhat of, a, of an accurate picture, uh, depending on who's doing the reporting, um, you know, in terms of if they are competent and if they have credibility. And I think you just have to sort of, sift through it all and get a, you know get enough sources where you can you know gather all the, the information together and and gleam as much as you as you possibly can but you know there's a lot of truth to to, to what Lark said I mean you, you're never going to really know we don't have front row seats particularly in war it's really difficult because you see pictures you don't know if they're from last week you don't know if they're from last month you don't even know if they're in the same area uh, in the same war we saw pictures coming out of Ukraine that were like from 10 years ago. <laughs> You know, um, so it is very, very difficult to know. But I think over time, you can't, I mean, for example, you know, we have been saying for a long time the Ukraine has been losing that war. Well, it's starting to come out now from sources that have been for a long time 
promoting this notion that Ukraine are still in the fight, and they're having to concede more and more that Ukraine is essentially done, uh, which is what we were saying all along, even though we maybe weren't on the on the front line. We had other sources of journalists and other kind of contacts in the area and in the region which were able to report narratives which were, you know, contrary to the you know the official narrative and stuff you know so but you see so we can only do our best you know um in terms of, of trying to decipher things like the news and then what's happening in these wars as far as the other stuff's concerned i mean i think you know you can focus on the how which we do and you can focus on also you know who as well i think both things are important um and uh, you know, and we're. I, I mean, I essentially think largely that the collapse of Western society and what we're seeing is symptomatic of the of the breakdown of Christianity in the West. I know it's a pretty, you know, for some people they just hate Christianity. Some people may be indifferent, and some people may be very zealous Christians. But you know, why is it the Jews have had so much power in the last century? Why is it that we're suddenly experiencing mass immigration after 2,000 years of a very stagnant demographic in the UK, for example? You know, where is this coming from and why is it suddenly happening? Well, I think at the very least you can say that there is uh, a correlation between the collapse of Christianity in Western society and the problems that we're facing today, you know? Well, I want to hear from both of uh, our other panelists. Let's go to Tony first, because you were already about to bring something up well, no, going back to, like, and I want to cover both of these, uh, going back to Lars, I agree. How can we know what's going on in Israel, this, that? Uh, and, and there's lying going on both sides. This is true, even if we're biased towards one side, or even if one side is worse or this or that. And, 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 and this is an important point that I try to get across to so many people. This is a very important point if you're a truther, right? Like, okay, there are evil people, there are culprits, and they do bad, evil things. Okay, if you're there and you, what is like that 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 game clue, right? With the butcher knife in the in the ballroom or the person or whatever, like trying to solve this thing, right? The the person that is or the people or the enemies that are doing this, they know exactly what they did. Now they want to cover it up, right? So they start lying. It's like the pieces don't fit, right? So then for those of us who look at this that are truth is like, wait a minute, that doesn't line up. I can't follow that. So we try to figure it out. Now, how difficult is it? Sometimes you'll never be able to figure it out. You weren't there. You can't get the information as those who actually did it. But even though you can't figure it out and you don't know, you know that you're being lied to. And what I think is so disgusting and what moves the masses and the way that they get away with this is the masses, they get the official narrative. It's it's ironic, right? That's the name. They get the official narrative. Then those of us who scrutinize and just won't swallow anything we've been told, we look at the official narrative and we're like, no, this is fishy, something's not right here. But are we, I mean, are we God? Can we do it all? Can we put all the, no, we can't. We just know that this thing doesn't fit. So then what we do, like Fetzer, which I, I you know, we try to put a, a thing, we try to put it together. I think Fetzer gets it wrong a lot of times, too, much as I like the guy, okay? And, and this is what happens. So then when they find fault in your theory where you try to figure it out because you weren't even there, right? You try to figure out this fault. It's like, oh, well, that's wrong. And then by default, the official narrative is accepted as if it's like, no, that's wrong too. Maybe I didn't figure out the brittle, but that's still a lie. Okay, I mean, this is to Lark's original thing. Now, 
to uh, uh, Paul Edward Stevenson. I don't want to offend you. I love you, brother, as a white person. I was a Christian all my life. I was born into this or that or whatever, but uh, it's not true. Now, you believe it's true. I'm not going to be sure. We probably wouldn't convince each other. And I'm not even trying to get into that. One, it's not really our history and our heritage, right? Uh, I, like the pagans, I mean, the whole premises behind that is that God didn't love us as a people, but now we're accepted. I mean, all the generations before Constantine and all this and uh, were damned, and they weren't accepted. And it, it's, it's their narrative. It's their thing. I really like the works of Adam Green. Uh, I was where you're at. I love you. I love Christians. I mean, if, if uh, like, I, and here I go even further than that. Not only am I pro-white and I don't want to watch my people disappear and go away, even though I'm not a Christian, I love black people, other people, whatever. I, you know, it's like your family and my family. I, don't, I just want my family to succeed. Because I want my family to succeed does not mean I want your family to fail. I believe in the win-win, right? And uh, as white European descendants or whatever, that's a family. Asians are a family. Whatever. Uh, Jews are even a family. But they're an exception to everything because here's the, and why do most people believe in Christianity? Let me just put this out there real quick if I can. Why? How come so many people believe in Christianity, black, white, and every other thing? Man? Because all these families of the earth, all these different people, will put what is right over their own people. They're like, hey, well, Tony, you know I'm going to Tony, I'm going to interject right there when you mention that they're an exception that Jewish people are unique. Um, you have to point out someone like Dr. Kevin McDonald's work. He talks no, about I the mean psychology. In a negative way. The psychology. I'm yes, to that. exactly. But I just I mean, mean that yeah, it's, it's worth citing. It's worth citing his research and findings that, and on a psychological level, and 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 this uh, group uh, behavior, there are yeah, definitely psychological profiles no, I mean that in are in a negative way. Yeah, because they're and the one group. A- even even though, and this would lend to people who believe in Christianity, they're the one group that no. Our in-group is more important than, like, what, he, he'll accept others? It's like, you're telling me that a filthy Gentile could be equal to me? Like, they won't even accept that, right? Some will, right? So those would be the exceptions. But many people are like, hey, you know what? God had to use somebody. It could have been a man. It could have been a woman. It could have been a, like, they're not caught up in that. You see what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people are like, hey, God came to save me. He has a message for me. And, and so many okay. people are accepting of Christianity because of the grace and forgiveness, because we are all guilty. We all have done wrong. I mean, it's one of the greatest stories that there is. And most okay. people around the globe will accept, hey, you know what? I'm not caught up, and I, I will pick what's right. And I would, too. Right. Go ahead. Well, here, let's, let's, shift it, let's shift it over. Lark hasn't had a chance to speak in a while. Lark, please, sir. Yeah, let me give you all a, fr- a flavor of what the... Uh, uh, the Billionaire Boys Club uh, knows that, that we don't. We're, we're all being played. Okay, now we can go, we can take this back in time. There's a famous uh, uh, syndicated uh, cartoonist named Walt Kelly. He used to be with Disney. And uh, he had a famous cartoon in which there was a uh, doughboy uh, in, a, in, a, um, in a trench, like in World War One, looking out, peering out. Uh, over the tr- uh, trench of, or a foxhole. And uh, the, the caption reads, uh, we have met the enemy and he is us. Now, Newsweek magazine in 2009 
when John Meacham was the publisher before they went bankrupt, and Jane Harmon and her husband bought it for a dollar out of bankruptcy to keep the brand alive. Uh, the famous cover read, uh, We are all socialists now. Depicted on the cover, besides the big headline, was a red hand shaking hands with a blue hand, depicting a red state and a blue state. But remember the socialists, you know, the, the idea of the uh, 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 velvet glove hiding the iron hand or the iron fist behind it. And let's not, remember, let's not forget that these colors of these two parties in the states Democrat and Republican, those colors changed at a certain point, you know, just in recent memory. And we have to ask ourselves, how did this occur? How this, why did this happen? Uh, no one talks about this, but I can tell you this. This is an article from 2005 written by the late Nikki Rapana. It's simply titled, We Are All Communitarians Now. And you can search it today. We are all communitarians now by Nikki Rapana from 2005. We're all being played, okay? Any, anytime we take a side on any hot-button emotional issue, what we are doing is we are playing a role, an active role. We're taking an active role in essentially moving us towards a predetermined solution in this dialectical uh, conflict model known as the Hegelian dialectic. Now, if you and want so to know, I'm sorry. And so, so you're suggesting, yeah, things are set up uh, even to take a, a a racial role. Therefore, of course, is is just playing into uh, a a trap where they have a Hegelian uh, solution all planned out. Well, and see, more so than most peoples on Earth, you know the the uh, the European peoples, uh, they are very much into blood and soil. Uh, they're very much connected to this. But see, the communitarians want to disconnect this from everything. All of our moorings regarding what is right and what's wrong. Okay? They want to destroy Christianity. Uh, they want enmity between blacks and whites and Christians and Jews and Muslims and whoever else. Okay? Because, see, these people want to eradicate borders. They want a borderless world, no nation states. They want these gone. And this was spelled out in the, white, in, in the Club of Rome white papers from the late 60s and the early 70s. But, but again, I'm suggesting that what we need today, gentlemen, are more generals. And I know that the people that are listening to this right now, that are on this uh, uh, impromptu panel, they have that capacity. We all have this capacity. And I'm just telling you, as somebody that's been at this same topic, this focus, for nearly 20 years now, that uh, I want everyone to become their own expert. You know, uh, but we've got to be, we, we're going to have to be generals at this point in our life, because there's a lot of changes occurring. And we understand this. And I think uh, our emotions are getting the better of us. It happens all the time. Uh, and I and I hear it on RBN, but that's why I want to sound the alarm because, you know, I've been out of this system for a long time. I've had a lot of time to focus. I'm not always right. I need all the help I can get from very bright people like are on this panel that are listening to this call right now. 
we're missing a whole lot because of what these big media deceivers are directing us to talk about. I mean, I personally don't consider what's going on in Iraq or Israel or Palestine or Ukraine to be everything that's, that's important. What I'm looking at is where I live right now. And what I see and what I have witnessed over the last 15 years is alarming. Alarming. But I just don't think there's a market for talking about these things on the, uh, the, um, the Internet and even on well, RBN. And I knew John Stadmiller personally. I spent 18 hours with this man on the road, just me and him in a car. You know, I, when, our, when I joined RBN, we actually had an AM radio tower right here in Dallas, Fort Worth. So when you were driving down the road, you could listen to RBN. Now, this was short-lived because we didn't have the money, the muscle to keep it going. But can you imagine how far along we could have been today if that AM radio tower had stayed back in, I think, 2011? Just imagine, and this is a big, uh, this is a major uh, population center in the states, uh, uh, Paul, Dallas, Fort Worth. It's like the fifth, between, according to the accounts, it's between the fifth and the eighth largest population center in this country. But see, these conversations mm. don't get had. They don't. They don't happen. They don't. They don't filter out. Uh, with our friends and family members that are right near us, uh, where we live, because of the, it's kind of like we're all horseshoe magnets. Okay, you know how if you if you're trying to attract, if you're a magnet, that's a horseshoe magnet, and somebody you're standing next to, someone you care about, in fact, or you know very well, is also a horseshoe magnet. What happens if we don't connect the right poles? We either repel or we retract. Attract, right? Well, what's happening is, is that we're all repelling each other. We're disconnected. We're not connecting. We're not actually communicating. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with all of that. And even in this environment, I can relate. I mean, as far as caring about things close to home, I'll, I'll often try to review our economic situation with listeners. It can get tedious I'm sure to to some at times, even to me at times, perhaps to to, to gather and and uh, report on a lot, uh, often a lot of this, more of the same, even worse of, <laughs> very much the same. But I mean, yeah, no, that is that is at least something that um, you know, is, is in our immediate. Um, but I, these these agendas and and getting everyone, and the the pressure of of the greater good of society. Um, you know, I see I see a lot of that behind the the com communitarianism uh, in in a lot of these terms. They're redefining the terms, uh, you know, the, the policies, and and ultimately the culture. Um, you know, if if they have their way, but you know, corporations and governments uh, con con converging with these uh, philanthropists is is what we've seen so far as a as a warning. And and they're certainly very open about it because they know. Um, well, most people won't have any interest in even paying attention or hear about it, one or the other. And then the few who do are, in their mind, powerless. You and, know, uh, uh, Richard, this man, this woman that uh, only recently discovered communitarian law, uh, she presented at a conference uh, in uh, Reykjavik, Iceland, 
she was interviewed by James Dellingpole and a man named Bruce DeTorres on this side of the pond. And she's a 15-year paralegal. She, she was trying to understand why we were getting shut down in the courts everywhere we turn. Uh, it's happened with Trump. It's happened with these people that are trying to expose this uh, fraud of these uh, injections and so forth. But what she's uncovered with a meticulously crafted timeline is that it's from our own Department of Defense and the Department of Health and uh, Human Services that they, it's because they're working a global depopulation agenda. It's more than just these shots. Okay, as you can probably understand, you know, with the uh, with the water, with the with the with the chemtrails, uh, you know, with this EMF, they, we what's happening where we live right now is military grade infrastructure being erected all around us to put us in prison and to harm our health. They're doing it in the schools. They're doing it in the hospitals. Uh, it's a, it's so alarming. Is it? It's like. My God, what are we talking about things that are happening thousands of miles away when we're being conquered right now? We're in a war, and the war is upon us, the individual, and everybody we care about. Therefore, therefore, Lark, I mean, it seems the only solutions would be on an individual level as far as, you know, dropping out of of that system and, and, and living outside of it as much as you can, independent would be a, a word to stress uh, of it and as much keep, as possible. And people keep talking about this, but I just don't think it's possible much anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless you just want to go dig a hole somewhere, you know, somewhere out in the in the middle of a, of a, of a you know, 50,000 uh, acre uh, uh, ancient forest somewhere. <laughs> it's getting right. really bad. Can it's I know really that? Tony, How are you going to do that when Bill Gates has bought up all the farmland? I'm telling they're you, way ahead. Are, they're, when they're I say they, I know who I'm saying. Yeah, they're a war Go against ahead, us, okay? But, but it's because they want to bring the human herd under one umbrella, one control, one world global governance, one law, one religion. It's a fact. And, and this yeah. is why Christianity is under assault. And this is why even, I, I don't know about y'all, but you know, you go to a university today, and they're actually teaching that the that the uh, uh, they're teaching the Kabbalah for God's sake. I mean, a kid comes out of a rural setting. You know, he's a good student. He goes to college, and uh, they're they're being taught that you know morality itself is subjective. You 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 make me think of a a point uh, from a. A text group message uh, I received last night. I mean, Tony and Paul here bringing up Christianity. And last night, William Rapillum uh, actually uh, postulated, you know, uh, currently uh, with these agendas, and we know, uh, you know, these elite Jews are at the top of of so many of these agendas, um, that uh, well, both Christianity and white people as a whole are under attack. What's under attack more, or, or more of a priority? You know, uh, I, I suggested white people uh, by and large. That seems to be a great, the greatest threat, and because of the Christian Zionism factor, a lot of Christians uh, can be manipulated. Uh, you know, with, with 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 these people in key positions. Um, 
to the advantage of of, of those in uh, in these elite circles. But um, so yeah, no, I don't know. Paul, uh, yeah, okay. like to, oh, go ahead, Paul. Paul, would you like to interject at this point? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I think white you could probably argue white people are under uh, attack more, but they were attacking the church first. They secularized. Uh, Henry Ford wrote about this. This is deliberate. Uh, one of the you know priorities of of the Jews, the international Jew, was to secularize America and se- and they secularized Europe as well. And then they can fill that void with all the you know stuff that we're seeing today. The you know this internationalist stuff and the woke stuff, which are essentially all you know Jewish revolutionary ideas. You can read all about this in Michael Jones' book and, you know, the Jewish revolutionary spirit. I don't agree with Michael on everything, obviously, but there's a lot in there about, you know, the Jewish revolutionary ideas and what Ford spoke about as well. So, you know, they attacked the church first and, you know, the institutions of the church, um, the Catholic church. They infiltrated it with uh, Christian Zionism and many of the Protestant churches. So the church has become really impotent and limp-wristed now. It's been, you know, coerced into so much stuff that goes along with uh, the modern, uh, you know, culture that we're in. Whereas, you you know, it it was much more of a counterculture. And so now they're not happy with just eradicating the church. Now they want to completely focus on... um, you know, just the the actual racial anatomy of Europe. And um, I guess I and I guess I, I mis I guess I misquoted. Uh, William <coughs> corrected me. Uh, which do they want to get rid of first, not more? Yeah, well, I think I think they have got rid of the church pretty much first. Um, but that that doesn't seem to have satisfied them because you know, in America, not so much because it's a young nation. But you know, Europe's history is inextricably linked uh, with, with with Christianity. And, you know, like, I mean, when you look at the Charter of Ireland and the Charter of, uh, of the UK, the, the founding charters of both those nations have, uh, have it officially as Jesus Christ is the Lord of those nations. So, and obviously Jews are uh, carrying around this, gr- this uh, resentment, and they have a similar resentment against Russia, by the way, um, that they, you know, they were, you know, persecuted. And so they have this 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 ancient resentment against uh, you know Europe and any you know remnants of white Western Christian culture. But like I said, the destruction of the church wasn't didn't seem to satisfy them. So now they just seem to want to destroy the white race completely. I guess because largely, when you look at it from a global perspective, it has been the white European peoples who have you know who have embraced and adopted. Christianity largely. Now, that doesn't mean I'm affirming everything about the institutional church is a good thing, or that, you know, all white Europeans were happy to become Christians. They weren't. It was the dominant uh, force for, you know, the, the, the culture historically in Europe. But, you know, the, the, the Catholic Church in the, in the Middle Ages, for example, particularly was an abomination. Um, but it did inform the culture. It did inform uh, the values of the culture, and and it, it, the Catholic Church particularly, uh, you know, dealt pretty strongly with uh, um, with Jews and Judaism. So, you know, we haven't had a problem. Okay, we had the Crusades and everything else, but we haven't had a problem with with, with Islam uh, in in the West until about forty years ago. 
until we, you know we have our lands suddenly flooded by Muslims and, and other peoples from all around the world. So I guess maybe they're paranoid about Christian or white, white people in Europe readopting and refinding Christianity again or something. I don't know, but it didn't satisfy them to secularize Europe and secularize America largely. Um, now they just want to continue, uh, you know, destroying the actual racial makeup of uh, of Europe and and you know obviously the descendants of Europe and America and Australia and New Zealand etc. That that would be my take on that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no. In your in your sense, then yeah, they've already attacked uh, Christianity, uh, Christians, the, the church. Yeah, I mean you've got. But you know, here, look at the pope. The, pope <laughs> the pope supports you know the LGBT community. Yeah, well, this, you know, well, this pope is the most ridiculous, uh, <laughs> perhaps yet. All of you, it's a great panel. Let's keep all of you on, and, and we have one other caller uh, who might want to interact with any or all of you. Joe in Florida, let's add. Joe, welcome. Hey, Richard and everybody. Good to hear you guys. Well, I, I couldn't uh, I couldn't help, but I had to call on your, your debut show tonight. Uh, congratulations. Oh, there's, Thank real you, streaming pro- there's real streaming problems, but uh, I'm sure that will be worked out in the end. Um, yeah, actually, so I, I can jump on to what my brother Paul was saying, and he's 1,000% correct. And so here's the, here's the theory, okay? It's not even a theory, it's a fact of history. When a culture throws, when a nation or a society throws off its Christian culture, okay? Christian law, Christian the ethic and the culture of a Christian society, it is destined to be ruled by the Jews, okay? That's a fact of history. Uh, Seville Catholica has, has it was written in, in the uh, 1800s, uh, uh, a whole report about that. But that's the, the, the lesson of history, okay? I actually think not only is it not irrelevant to focus on the Jewish war against Russia and Ukraine, and the real-life genocide that the Jews are now doing in Palestine. But I think that's actually the most relevant thing, because why? Because here in our country, what have we done? We have thrown off any vestige, and I agree with you, Paul, this is not about uh, somebody being a perfect or a saint or whatever. It has to do with an, an analysis of what happens to a country when they deliberately throw off even any vestige of, of Christian culture and Christian uh, morality, we are now totally ruled by these Jews in every level. And look, where has it gotten us? It has gotten us collapsing. And if we can't see that in Russia, okay, another uh, this Jewish war in Russia, which was invented by American Jews and being persecuted, and in this real-life Holocaust, the real Holocaust, in Palestine that these Jews are committing, that that's a lesson for us as Americans that we need to learn. We need to say, wait a minute, okay, we did something wrong. We need to remedy the problem of our nation being ruled by Jews. What do you think? Tony? Uh, I'm going to strongly disagree with that, but let me just say this, because I'm not sure. I love everyone on this panel. As a matter of fact, I regularly listen Paul Ever Stevenson, and I was a devout Christian myself all my life. Uh, and I here's, and I'm even going to go a step further. And I'm not 
a, a racial supremacist, right? Which the Bible is full of Jewish supremacy. I'm not. But I'm going to say this, that everything, and I think Christianity is like, I, let me put it this way. I believe that Christians are the best people on the face of the planet. No doubt. There's always going to be a soft place in my heart for the for Christian people, man. Because Christian people, I mean, I, I, you see the testimonies, and I'm talking black, white, it doesn't matter. Uh, that When they go to their grave, man, I've, I've seen many of, uh, it, it's horrible, of black men. And one converts to Islam, the other one says no. And he holds to Jesus, and he gets his head cut off. Okay, I've seen this. I've watched. I've seen all of this, right? It's okay. Well, this goes down, and yeah, it breaks my heart when I know in the end, like, are we? Is there really the spine in the sky? I don't think so, to be honest with you. But I've there's like, let me say this. Like, I don't like, even though I, I guess technically I would be, be considered be concise. Be concise. Yeah, so I am. I'm, the try, I'm, I'm trying to wrap. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to wrap it together. Like what you're calling Christian morality. I believe is, is, is important to any civilization and to Western people, but I, I believe that it was hijacked by Christianity. I believe that we made it what, like, if you really look at the heinous stuff that's in the Bible versus the European mindset, uh, like the whole thing of having one wife and having all your children from one, I mean, look at like African, all these other cultures and everything, like a lot of the stuff, we imposed it, right? If you look at our holidays, you look at all this, it actually came from our pagan traditions, which I believe were better. And I believe that our people, and not just our people, actually, even though while other peoples are different, I think all the peoples of the world, the reason they've been so successful in this is because most people in the world will say, hey, what's right and what's wrong versus your race. And most people are actually... Contrary to what the Bible says, we're all born in sin, we're all evil or whatever. No, most people say, you know what? To do the right thing, I would forsake my people, right? And and the people that gave us that, the book and the people who deliver, they don't think that way. It's all about them. They would right, well, burn here, let's the go world on. to the ground. Look at what they're doing. They All they do is lie. They lie about the Holocaust. They lie about every damn thing because they got away with it. And just like what they're doing now in Gaza and everything like that. No, they would burn the world to the ground for their okay, people. All right, Tony, all about well, we're running out of and, and lying is considered clever among them. Go ahead. I'm sorry. We're running out of time. Lark, you're, with the time we have left, uh, how would you like to respond? Uh, well, I just want to say that uh, someone might want to take a look at uh, the fact that they are conflating the language, okay? They're, they're conflating, for example, ethics, uh, morality, values, and traditions. Uh, just look it up. Uh, there's a long history of these interfaith uh, conferences and dialogues. Uh, uh, Henry Ford in, in the International Jew, third chapter, uh, called The Rule of Jewish Kehillah Grips New York. Well, what does that word Kehillah mean? It means community. So when we hear this cosseting word, community, we have to ask ourselves, uh, do we understand all its uh, various definitions, interpretations of meanings, its guises and its permutations, yes or no? Huh. When we hear a word like loving kindness, what do we hear? This is a word that is being bandied about by Jewish people, tikkun olam. Okay, and this is how they reel, this is how they rope, this is how they deceive the Christians. 
and thus you're stressing inclusivity <coughs> as a buzzword. Now. Yeah, yeah, they're using the language, y'all. They, that's the reason you don't hear this word communitarian that much anymore like you did 10, 15 years ago. Well, they, uh, is because they've got communitarian buzzwords nowadays. They don't have to use it. There's so many of them. We're well, here, being bamboozled. We're just yeah, we're being well, bamboozled we're just by the language, and I can uh, prove it to you all sometime if you want to hear about it. No, yeah, thank you for uh, contributing today. Paul, there was something you wanted to add as we're uh, at the end here? Oh, no, there's no point now because we're out of time, really. You can talk all, 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 all night about this stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, indeed, indeed. Uh, I, yeah, I just uh, appreciate everyone who, who, who jumped in there. We had a nice, nice panel. And uh, yeah, please. Congratulations, Richard, uh, and good luck on this great show. I think it's going to be a great, a great thing, so... Looking forward to this new time slot. You deserve it. It's great. Thank you. Oh, thank you for the kind words. Joe. Absolutely. I love you, Paul. I love you, brother. Thank you, thank you mate. Hey, yeah. I love you, yeah, too, Take Lord. care, mate. Take care. Yeah. Yes, brother. Thank you for your contribution. Oh, thank you, yeah. Tony, as well. As Lark. Appreciate it, Lark. And, of course, Paul, as always, brother. Uh, appreciate it. And, you know, look forward to your broadcast. Uh, this Saturday at 10 a.m. Central. Thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure. Cheers. And folks, please go to the website to donate, republicbroadcasting.org. You click on that donate page or call us 800-724-2719, extension 3, so that we will speak again soon. And until then... Transcend the construct. Regards. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit RepublicBroadcasting.org today because you can 